It's stage four of the Jure d'Italia. Let's cue that intro. The big question is this. How do we use cycling as a tool to improve our health, our happiness, and our longevity? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Anthony Walsh, and welcome to the Roadman Podcast. Roadman, welcome back to stage four of the Giro d'Italia. It's another daily Roadman cycling podcast. Today, we took in 187 rain-soaked kilometers, finishing up the brutal climb of Sestola. Yesterday, we seen Taco Vanderhorn pulling out a memorable, memorable victory. It's definitely a cliche to say it's going to be etched in history, but it's Taco Vanderhorn's maiden Giro d'Italia debut. It's the Wanty Group Goubert's first appearance in a Grand Tour, so I think we'll definitely remember that. I'm sure the boys had a couple of sore heads this morning after a big party, but nonetheless, they performed pretty well today, which we're going to get into now. But before I dive into the nitty-gritty of the podcast, folks, let me just remind you about how this podcast is funded. The podcast is funded from your contributions, from user generosity. We've taken on zero big fat goose egg sponsors so far. The reason is because I want to keep the podcast neutral. I don't want to sterilize the podcast. I think there's a place in cycling media for an independent publication like this. Time will tell if it's sort of a utopian vision or if it's actually true. We see so many you know, censored cycling media outlets. And I just try not to become one of those. So if you want to help us fulfill that vision, you can buy me the price of a beer once a month over on patreon.com forward slash Anthony underscore Walsh. The link is in the bio of the podcast. Yesterday, uh, yesterday's stage was brutal and definitely the Wanty Group Goubert guys were out partying today and they won't have enjoyed five hard hours of racing today in the rain. And I had a number of texts today from former teammates and current teammates and the kind of the sim or the 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 feeling definitely among people who have raced in that weather was I would not trade anything to go back there racing a bunch racing a bike in a bunch like that closely packed slippy roads rain stress first week of a grand tour it is one of the least enjoyable things you can do in cycling and the only place to be is up the road in the break like it's five hours the racing is hard issue number one the racing is dangerous the roads are slippy you're trying to stay warm it takes extra energy to feed your or takes extra energy because of the cold so you have to feed yourself more, you have to drink more, even though you don't feel like it. And the stress, the stress is just etched on faces. You could see Giovanni Moscon from Team Ineos coming across the line. His face was just, he was pale. He was, it was real bad out there today. And yeah, I definitely don't envy any of the boys. The break was the only place to be today. We had three categorized climbs, including our finished climb up to Sestola today. The race was really dominated by a 25-rider break, which went away. And as we always see with 25-man breaks, if you've ever been in a 25-man break, it is very difficult to get a 25-man break organized. You're going to have teammates with multiples in there. So you're going to have two, three from the one team, like we see in Wanty Group, Goubert and Trick. So because of that, you're going to have maybe two of them riding and one of them sitting on. And as soon as somebody starts sitting on in any break, that's contagious. If it's a five-man break and someone starts sitting on, 
it spells the disaster for it. As soon as one sits on, you get two sitting on, people start pulling soft turns. Nobody's fully committed. So because of that, it gets very, very difficult to organize a 25-man break. And that's what we've basically seen. So the danger when you're in a 25-man break like that, it's the break split. You've got to keep vigilant all day for all the stuff we mentioned you know, slippy torrents, white lines, shores, wet clinkers, all that stuff. But then you also have to be vigilant for those splits in the in the breakaway because all your effort can come to zero very fast if you miss one of those splits. And we did see one of those splits because we had Irish Manor, honorary Irish man and former Roadman Cycling Podcast guest Chris Yeo Jensen pushing on on the descent and he brought two of the most hungover lads in the peloton. He brought Ryan Taramay and Quinton Hermans, both from Wanty Group Berger, Goubert, that's a tongue twister, Wanty Group Goubert, clear with him. And they they forged on a good lead. I think they were up at a minute and a half from the chasers behind. And I thought for a long, long time we were going to see Chris Yul Jensen pulling off a famous Giro d'Italia stage win. We haven't seen a win from Chris Yul Jensen since Tour of Suisse in 2018. So we're really rooting for him. He's a man who rides super well in the rain. Joker, as he's fondly known, he is a funny motherfucker. Up front with Ryan Taramay, it looked like they both had a mutual accord going. Taramay was going into the Maglia Rosa. Chris Yul Jensen was going to win the stage. But alas, cycling is not a fairy tale, folks. And if you've read that brilliant cycling book from Charlie Wigalius, uh, Domestique, where he paints a vivid picture of a final stage he had in the Vuelta and it looks like all along he's going to win it and then he gets caught and he comes up with the famous line cycling it's not a fucking fairy tale and it's not because the boys hit the finishing ramp and the legs just came off them back behind we had a couple of guys who really looked after themselves well and read the race very well Joe Dombrowski and Alexandro Demarkey from Israel Startup Nation they timed it brilliantly. Joe Dombrowski followed Demarkey and they really ate into that lead. I think they took 30 seconds out of two boys up front inside one kilometer. So they were really, really smashing it. Back the road, the GC boys were turning the heat up. Uh, we had Mikel Landa, the, Mar- uh, the Bahrain Merida captain, and he called for pace and the pace it ripped the bunch to pieces. And we've seen some high-profile guys already out of GC. Joe Almeida from Quickstep just could not follow. So we, Marita turned it up. Landa obliged, and he went on the attack. And we only had a very select group of riders who could follow Mikel Landa. Uh, and we had some big boys missing out. We had Bernal that could follow. We had Chacone to follow. We had Landa, obviously, and we had Hugh Carty. And the rest, noticeable absentees from that list, very much hyped, overhyped, if you ask me, pre-race favourite. Remco Evanpol couldn't follow. Bardet couldn't follow. Yates couldn't follow. Betio couldn't follow. Dan Martin couldn't follow. Now, they weren't gapped massively, but it's just an early indication. And then we had Yeo Almeida, just wheels coming off completely, and Nibali. Uh, I'll give you their time splits in a second at the line. But we Joe Dombrowski on the hardest slopes and he pushed on from Alexandro Demarkey and he hit out solo. And I really had a vested interest in trying to see Joe, Joe Dombrowski do well today. He's a rider I followed really closely and I've raced him a couple of times and he's a super nice kid. And he raced out in the US with Axel Merckx's development team and he was really competitive in Utah, Tour of California. And it looked for all intensive purposes like he was 
going to be the next big thing. And then, as so often happens, he went to Sky and the wheels just came off for the lads. And he went to Sky. I didn't hear anything about him for four years. And he's back now. And he's doing, you know, he's back with UAE, teammates with Pogaccia. And he is, you know, this is the biggest result of his career at 29 years old. So he's still relatively young, but it's been coming a long, long time. So I'm super happy. No show like a Joe show, as they say. But my heart was in my mouth on those cobblestones, the Belgians call them the wet clinkers with 500 meters to go. They just looked like they were an accident waiting to happen. And what I love most was Joe Dombrowski's interview after the race, because it's something I heard super early in cycling from a, you know, a very old famous uh, rider that, that rides for a, a local team here. And I was asking him for advice and he said to me, watch the good lads. And all through my cycling career, I ended up attributing new meaning to that and it seemed at the time like it was a throwaway remark, but it's actually very astute. Watch the good lads. When did the good lads eat? When did the good lads drink? How did the good lads shelter? What did the good lads wear? How did the good lads train? You can just by copying and, you know, what's it? Success leaves clues. And watch the good lads is exactly what Joe Jombrowski said he was going to do today, or he said he did. So in his quote after the race, he said, I knew that Demarchi was the strongest rider in the break. And if I just took his wheel, I knew I'd be in a good spot today. <laughs> That's absolutely brilliant tactics. So on the finish line today, we had Joe Dombrowski taking a famous victory for himself, 13 seconds ahead of Alejandro Demarchi, which is a career-defining result for him because after Filippo Gana's early work, Demarchi now takes over the Maglia Rosa. So another brilliant day for Italy, passing the Maglia Rosa from one Italian onto the next. We had Filippo Farili. Don't know who the fuck he is. He's from Artiani. He's at 27 seconds today. Uh, Christy Jensen, who animated so much at today's stage, it breaks my heart that he got caught and tied up. Uh, still claimed the top 10, 136 back. But the GC boys was where it was at. Uh, back the road. We have Bernal, Ciccone, Landa and Carty all at 137. And importantly, they had a 10-second gap over the group of Evan Paul, Betio, Bardet, Yates and Dan Martin. Uh, we Nibali back at 210 and Yeo Almeida total fucking stick in the spokes job. Gone. Back at 510. Wheels have come off him. Badly, badly. Uh, Alejandro Demarchi said after the race, it's the old rule, isn't it? Never give up. And I think that's a nice way, place to finish, folks. The old rule, never give up. So tomorrow we have stage five, and we're going from Medina to Catalucia, and it's 177 kilometers. And as the lads are sitting in the team buses, drinking their chicken soup and trying to warm up, shivering, clattering teeth today, they will look forward to 177 very flat kilometers tomorrow. Roadmen, thanks for tuning in, and I'm going to be back again tomorrow. Hey everybody, it's Anthony again. Really quick, I want to invite you to join arguably the best thing I've ever put out inside the Roadman community. It's a challenge. It's a challenge called the 14 day kickstart challenge. So regardless of where your fitness is at right now, this is gonna be the catalyst for making you faster and making you leaner. I've created this challenge to take the guesswork out of everything. It's 14 days of training plans, regardless of what your level is. There's masters, beginner, advanced. There's meal plans, shopping list, and even a video course holding your hand and talking you through it all. So what I recommend you do right now is just stop everything, press pause on this audio, and go to roadmancycling.com forward slash 14 day, or check out the link in the bio. That's roadmancycling.com slash 14 day.